Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. And Colin, today we are joined by Steve Helwick, who writes for Underdog Dynasty, covers all the G5 football. And um, we had Steve on before the season to preview the American. I thought he did a great job. So as North Texas enters um, AAC play, I wanted to have him back on so we can talk about Navy, the rest of the conference, and all that stuff. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent today. It's been fun so far this season can't believe it's october already and yeah i was up late last night watching some new mexico state fiu can't get enough football 50 straight days we got 50 straight days of it 50 straight days maction starts up soon enough Mm. in the middle of the week so you'll have mac and conference usa battling it out in those midweek games um then obviously there's always thursday games yeah plenty plenty of stuff uh to get to um i north texas Goes into AAC play at two and two. You know, obviously for us, we feel like this is a team with Chandler Rogers, that quarterback, that is what we thought they were going into the season, I think, for the most part. Um, obviously, the loss to FIU was the real dejecting loss and the, the <laughs> one that you want, you want to put behind you. Um, but with Chandler Rogers over the last two games, I think this is an offense that can compete with most teams that, that it plays. So with that being said, I think – I went back and watched when I had you on earlier, Steve, uh, Steve, and I was like, you know, three and five in conference, maybe pushing four and four. That was my expectations coming into the year. I still think three and five is is where I'm at, and we'll get to that in a bit. But I wanted to lay that framework there before we get into it. Um, just what, what do you think of North Texas going into uh, conference play right now? I like how the offense is operating under Chandler Rogers. I, th- I thought he was the guy from the start. And yeah, I think we all been. did. <laughs> Should have been, yeah. Yeah, I mean, nobody in the AAC other than Navy really has a high-powered rushing attack. I think they're second in the conference in rushing this year. A day looks good. And they have a deep running back core as they've had the last few years there. I, and one thing I do remember saying back in July when I was on here was I said that the receiver averages were going to look like what we saw from teams like UAB the past few years maybe where mm-hmm. – they're going to average 18, 20 yards of reception. We've seen Damon Ward, Roderick Byrne, some of those guys become downfield threats. I think North Texas is a good balanced offense, but I just can't help but be concerned about the defense. You allowed 31 points to Abilene Christian. Not a good sign. North Texas's defense allowed 46 to FIU, 37 mm-hmm. to Louisiana Tech, which I thought that was a good win for them. And then the week one debacle at Cal where Cal's offense has not really done too much this season, and they posted 58 in that game. So number one and worst scoring defense in the country, yes, I'm going to have some concerns going forward, especially when offenses that haven't been too explosive this year have been racking up 40 points without an issue. Yeah, 130th in overall defense EPA, 131st against the run, 128th against the pass, or 123rd against the pass, I should say. Sorry. Um, So with North Texas um, now playing Navy, this is a Navy team. Colin and I both watched them fight with Memphis. That was the one Navy game we really locked in on and watched um, all of it. But overall, they're one and three. Obviously, obviously I watched the – Notre Dame game as well to start the year, but I didn't feel like you could take too much from that. One and three Navy has anything surprised you so far, or is this kind of how you uh, kind of expected it to go? 
This is kind of how I expected it to go. Navy has started their seasons really slow recently, especially on the defensive side. They get blown out in week one, regardless of who the opponent is every year. This year happened to be week zero. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, 42 to three to Notre Dame. The year before it was, they lost to an FCS team in Delaware. Year before that, 49 to seven to Marshall. And then the year mm-hmm. before that, 55 to three to BYU. So this is how the team starts every single year. But Navy's identity hasn't changed too much under Brian Newberry, and usually they do find their way back. They'll get a few impressive wins or scare a few teams later down the road. Last year, they only lost to Notre Dame by three, 35-32 in November. And then the following week, they changed the entire AAC championship game result complexion because all UCF had to do was beat a bad Navy team and beat South Florida, and they were going to host that. And by Navy upsetting UCF, they shifted that game to Tulane and really change the trajectory of the conference season. So Navy has a tendency to muck up some games and do that to some teams. Last week, Navy was really impressive on offense, I thought, especially in the first half against South Florida. They, they had that game at 23-23 to 23 in the third quarter before eventually running out of steam. They won the turnover battle in that game, and they, they just looked a lot more sharp in the run game and no fumble on mm-hmm. not really fumbles or anything plaguing them there. So I thought that Navy's offense definitely showed some improvements in the South Florida game, but still Navy's defense is a work in progress. They looked, they looked fine against Memphis, but you, you said you watched that game. You see Memphis has a fumble on the one yard line, yeah. which would put the game yeah. away with a few minutes remaining. Memphis just made some crucial errors in that game that prevented them from really flying past Navy, which they should have done. So, but give yeah. Navy's defense credit. They, they can force opportune turnovers at times. They forced two in the Memphis game. They forced three in the South Florida game. And it's a defense that can cause a lot of havoc there, even though they don't tackle well and get stops on a consistent basis. Yeah, and they uh, jumped on Memphis at the, at the start of 14 points in the first quarter. And then the rest of the game was just kind of trying to hold on for yeah. a bit. <laughs> Go ahead, Colin. Um, obviously just talked about how bad defensive they are. Um, they're really bad against the pass as well. How do you think North Texas matches up against that? I think North Texas can post a lot of points on this Navy defense because North that's North Texas hasn't really been slowing down too much offensively this year. And I think that, well, especially with Chandler Rogers at the helm. And I think that it's a team that can get a lot of deep shots they can get guys open in space on some of their route concepts. I, I was watching some of the things they did against Abilene Christian, and I think you're going to find some blown coverages, guys open down the seam, and I think North Texas is going to be able to score a good chunk in this game. But once again, this is a di- this is a different style that they're they're going to have to go against defensively. So I'm wondering how North Texas does in the recording stops department as Navy doesn't really possess the threat of a pass game, not that North Texas is great against the run. They're the worst in the country against it in yards per game. But I'm curious to see how this defense adjusts to Navy, but I think that they'll be able to score on them just fine. This will be shootout territory similar to the South Florida Navy game. Definitely, definitely. Um, you, you mentioned it, but you've you talked about on the earlier podcast about Navy getting off to a slow start and turning it on. Does this team feel the same as those teams, though? Does this team give you the signs that, all right, they're going to be able to turn it on to a degree and get some of those sneaky wins, Even not even just looking at North Texas, but obviously 
Air Force in a couple weeks is a big game. Uh, UAB's on the schedule, East Carolina, SMU, like those type of games. Does this feel like a team that's going to be able to turn it on? Yes, I, I don't really see a change in okay. scheme or anything from Kenny Amatololo to the Brian Newberry era. I mean, Brian Newberry was an internal hire, their defensive coordinator. He knew how things worked around the program. It just felt like a change to make a change. I, I was kind of shocked by it at the time, yeah. although Navy has produced – uh, three straight losing seasons under Niamatololo. So I guess they figured they needed to make a change. But yes, I completely see it because I saw what they did in the Memphis game and caused the havoc. They were within the red zone when there was that controversial fourth down that they mm-hmm. rolled that wasn't converted. They they almost beat a good Memphis team. Memphis team that's 4-1 and one right now, tied for the best overall record in the AAC, just one one-score loss to undefeated Mizzou. And Navy almost took them down. So I think that there's some teams that should definitely feel an upset alert when you're playing Navy. And just, I said, due to the different scheme that they have to offer, it's something that teams sometimes say, like if they're coming off a bye week playing Navy, that they're thankful for an extra week of practice just because of some of the things that you have to implement and scout team and all of that. So I think that Navy can catch some teams by surprise. I don't think the AAC is too strong this year and there's not, too many candidates for trap game like where it's a real trap game i'd say smu would probably be i was looking at their schedule that's a pretty easy schedule for for navy you know i mean they've already played memphis but like usf north texas charlotte temple uab east ecu like that's kind of and then smu at the end but that's yeah they don't have that ucf game like you said uh, yeah, but SMU would be the one, although SMU has yeah. been pretty sound defensively this year, and I'm really impressed by that because mm-hmm. they're never a good defense. Yeah. But yeah, SMU would be the one game that I think could be a trap game where if they're not prepared for Navy, Navy could strike as a team you don't want to play behind against at all. Definitely. Uh, you already kind of mentioned it um, about the AAC not being that strong to you this year. What's the? Is there a team that surprised you for better or for worse? I mean, you already kind of mentioned – SMU defensively. Yeah, SMU's defense has really surprised me because if you look at SMU's scoring offense and defense numbers the past few years, right now they are 29th in scoring defense, 41st in scoring offense, which is crazy. And if you just look at the past few years, uh, offense and defense respectively, they were 12th and 119th, 10th and 87th, 15th and 75th, 7th and 110th. 54th and 110th. Basically, their offense is great every year, but they haven't had a scoring defense that's been better than 75th since 2012. So to see SMU finally get a defense, that's what's been limiting from the AAC championship game all these years because Sonny Dykes and Rhett Lashley have had this SMU team getting 9-10 wins, stellar offenses under Shane Bouchelle and Tanner Mordecai, a lot of good skill position talent, but their defense has not been where it needs to be. I saw this team give Oklahoma fits for over three quarters where Oklahoma had just 14 points before getting 14 fourth quarter points to put SMU away 28 to 11 in that week two contest. And Oklahoma's offense has been as good and as explosive as anyone in the country this year. They're winning games by an average of 37 Mm -hmm. points. So to see what SMU did in Norman this year, that makes me think that SMU has pretty much most tools in the bag in order to win this AAC championship team, uh, AAC championship game, because Every team looks flawed this year. I mean, Tulane let UAB pretty close last week, yeah. even though I think Tulane's still the best team in this conference. So I think that SMU, they, they still need a few kinks to work out on offense. 
Uh, they haven't been as accurate in the passing game this year, but they have a good defensive foundation, which has really impressed me that going forward, that's something that can be championship caliber in this conference. I want to go, I want to roll through the rest of uh, the conference schedule, kind of like we did before the season, but mm-hmm. in, in this way, um, just with what you've kind of learned and taken from it, we'll, we'll count that as the SMU one uh, for now, but just in one minute or so, just Temple is after Navy. That's a home game for us. I think we're looking at if North Texas loses to Na- Navy, that wouldn't shock us, but Temple is a game where you have to win. Uh, I watched Tulsa route them and um mm. i think temple's one that north texas has to win would you agree with that yes i was wrong about temple before the season i thought it was a team that was going to make a leap this year and if you looked at their passing numbers from the last four games of 2022 it's clear to see why i thought they were going to make that mm. leap ej warner was torching teams yeah. 344 against south florida 486 against houston 50 527 against ecu and they, they were averaging like about 45 points per game in those three November games I just mentioned. But Temple this year, they've been a little more offensively challenged. They're a pass-happy team. EJ Warner is still searching for that first 300-yard performance. Hasn't really replicated what we saw from him at toward the end of last year. I still think he's a talented quarterback. And Temple's offensive line is putting up good protection for a team that's passing it like 45 times a game, which is one of the most in the country. So I think that... Temple just, if they can shore up a few things in the passing game, they'll run it very well. They've only had, outside of their game against an FCS team, they haven't had a 50-yard rushing performance by anybody this year. So (laughs) they're a very one-dimensional offense. So maybe just establishing a little more run game can assist EJ Warner in that passing game. But the Temple's defense hasn't been great this year either. 109th scoring defense, allowed 40-plus points to – I think every single FBS team that they've yeah, I just watched them play. I, I had I had them playing I watched them play Tulsa like on and off and I was just every time I flipped it, it felt like Tulsa was, was <laughs> breaking a big run and, and gone. Yeah. Yeah, they, they should have lost to Akron in week one. They were down twenty one seven in that game. Thirty six to seven. They got blown out by Rutgers. They got blown out on a similar score by Miami. And then Tulsa, their offense started slow. They just had three first half points before uh, rally and then the second half was just a shootout between those teams where they couldn't yeah. get any stops so yeah i'm not really inspired by temple right now they could get a big win over utsa this week in utsa's first ever aac game but that but like right now up- alert, upset alert for utsa colin yeah right. right now temple doesn't look on track for a bowl game yeah if temple beat utsa i'd be terrified of that temple game after everything after how bad they've looked the entire season it's like well actually i don't think we're winning that one so yeah um tulane have they been better or worse than your expectations tulane's front is by far the best in the aac and if you watch the Ole miss game i think they win that game with michael pratt yeah that's not a game you can't just look at the result i think it was 37 to 20 and say close for three quarters Yes, and then turnovers struck in the fourth quarter, and that's what changed the entire tide of the game. Tulane had a lead with Kai Horton at quarterback for a while in that game, and their front gave Ole Miss fits. Uh, I forget how many sacks they got, but their defensive tackle, Patrick Jenkins, I see NFL talent in him. Patrick Jenkins is the one who got that safety in the Cotton Bowl last year, which swung that game and allowed Tulane to get a possession for the game-winning touchdown. Patrick Jenkins has just applied so much pressure in the middle, and you need multiple linemen to contain him usually. 
And then that frees up lanes for the edge rushers, guys like Eric Hicks Jr., uh, guys like Darius Hodges. They've been able to get sacks. And Tulane's front is just producing tons of yeah. sacks, tons of TFLs. They're getting back there on teams and creating all sorts of havoc. So Tulane's front is what the foundation of this year's team is. Offensively, they're a bit different this year because instead of Tajay Spears running for 180, 200 yards every game, they're more of a passing team. And Michael Pratt's really grown as a passer. I think we saw this last game against UAB where they they went for a fourth down with a five-point lead late in the fourth quarter. And they just put the ball in Pratt's hands. It was like a fourth down from like the UAB 30-something. And mm-hmm. Pratt just delivered the most perfect dime for a touchdown. And if he didn't complete that pass, it's a turnover on downs. And UAB has less than a minute to get down the field and win with a touchdown. So the amount of trust this team has in Michael Pratt as a quarterback is incredible. Completing passes at an over 75% clip this year. He looks he looks fine ever since he's returned from the knee injury in the South Alabama game. He was extraordinary in that South Alabama game. And he's run the ball pretty well, too. He's a good running threat. They don't really have the Ty J Spears type running back this year, but they have so much explosive receivers on offense. Jaquan Jackson, Lawrence Keys, those are guys that have probably at least six combined touchdowns of 35 or greater yards so far. So Tulane's very explosive on offense. They bring a lot of pressure on defense. Uh, going further down what Bruni and I have coined the stretch of death, Tulane, Memphis, UTSA, SMU. Do you think that there's any chance that North Texas wins one of those games? UTSA probably being the easiest out of those four. Yes. I, I don't know what to make of UTSA right now because the Frank Harris injury, which I think he's going to return for the temple game, JT Clark, their top receiver. I think he's probably going to return soon from his ACL that's what Jeff Trailer made it sound like. He said that they wanted to be a healthy team going into the Temple after the Army loss a few weeks ago. So I think that UTSA is going to get healthy, but UTSA's offense has not been where it needs to be at all this year. They're averaging under yeah. 20 points per game, and they scored under uh, they scored 20 points against Texas State with a healthy Frank Harris. They scored 14 against Houston with a healthy Frank Harris. So they haven't really been stellar in any of their games this year on the offensive side of the ball. So I do have my concerns there. UTSA has shown pretty good defensive abilities. I mean, in those games against Texas State and Houston, their defense looked pretty good. They stopped their they stopped the oppo- opposing passing games pretty well, and they mm-hmm. have one of the better pass defenses in the FBS. The one thing that UTSA is really missing is they are dead last in the country in forcing turnovers. They have one fumble recovery this year against Texas State and zero interceptions. So I think as long as those start getting forced, I think UTSA is finally going to get in a groove. So to answer your question, I would pick UTSA over North Texas if the teams face today, even given the uncertainty mm-hmm. of UTSA's health. I'm trying to think who would be most susceptible. UTSA would be most susceptible. UTSA, I think, would be most. Memphis at home? Team. Second? I, I would say SMU so. And Tulane, SMU and Tulane are are borderline top 25 teams right now, I think. Like they're, Memphis, they're that Memphis impressed me last week coming back down from 17 to 0 against Boise State. I think Memphis has a mature defense. They're another team like SMU that had bad defenses for years. Yeah. I think they've grown in that regard. They got I'm not good, saying North Texas speed. is gonna win. I think that's yeah. that, that's the one though I think I would look at outside of UTSA. I'd be like, are they I wouldn't be shocked. 
if yeah. Memphis didn't play Memphis well. usually loses a game like that, it feels yeah. like. But I, I do like what I've seen from this Memphis team so okay. far. Um, Tulsa and UAB in the season, which one of those do you think is more winnable for North Texas? UAB. Okay. So, you're, uh, so are you just high on Tulsa or are you super low on UAB or both? I'm pretty low on UAB right okay. now. They played an aspiring game against Tulane. Yeah. And that was on the road, 35-23, and that game was even further than the box score uh, – was even closer than the box score would suggest because UAB was in, in that game until the final minute. But so far, UAB's defense hasn't been in good shape this year. They allowed 40-plus points to their first three FBS opponents, including Georgia Southern, Louisiana. And their offense has been okay under Trent Dilfer – Quarterback Jacob Zeno's looked fine from time to time. They have some guys in the run game. They don't have a Dwayne McBride this year, but yeah. but I just I just can't trust UAB's defense. This is a rebuilding effort under Trent Dilfer. Looks far from a one of those Bill Clark coach teams. I was about to say it does not look like a Bill Clark team. <laughs> yes, and UAB's one and four right now, and I don't know where that next win's coming. South Florida, a much improved South Florida team. UTSA and Memphis is the next three-game stretch. They end the season a bit easier with FAU, Navy, Temple, and North Texas. But right now, UAB is a team that I think is about to have its first losing record since the program was refounded in 2017. And I think it could be like three and nine territory. Mm. All right. Tough. Last last thing. So how can North Texas get to three and five in conference play to you? Can North Texas get to three and five? Oh, I'll let you look back over the schedule one more time. We just went over Na- Navy, Navy Temple, and UAB. Yeah, so those would be the three games you'd say there. Then be- Tulsa, if you lose to Navy, would be okay. the one I would focus on. What would you? Who would you put as favorite? No, in that game, Tulsa or North, North Texas, and by how much? Tulsa, I, I picked Tulsa. Tulsa's three and two right now. Their only two losses are to Oklahoma and Washington, top fifteen teams. Yeah, yeah, they didn't look that good against NIU. They beat them twenty-two to fourteen. Offense struggled for a lot of that game. They they've had a weird quarterback situation this year. Cardell yeah. Williams is now the starter. They've had a lot of quarterback injuries. Braylon Braxton was supposed to be that starting role. He had some injuries, but Card- Cardell Williams he looked phenomenal in that Temple game. I think he only threw three <laughs> incompletions. Yeah. And yeah, Temple's defense really inspired a lot of hope in that Tulsa offense. Yeah. But yeah, Tulsa did get blown out twice this year by really good teams. But other than that, they've looked pretty good on the plane so far. So yeah. I'm excited to see what Tulsa does against more teams of their caliber. But they're on a two-game win streak right now. They're very inconsistent. And they're a team that I definitely have an eye on going forward. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. Um Steve, thanks for joining us again. Um, this was great insight, and um, now I have you on for now. I have you on twice. We'll probably have you on again, I guess, uh, later in the season as well to finish out the the year after North Texas beats like UTSA or someone. If <laughs> win, Colin, win, win. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Steve. Yeah, sounds good. Anytime. Appreciate you having me on. For sure. Thanks, man. All right, Colin. Oh, let me change the background. Can't do my Jesus. job. Jesus. There we go. Oh, ran us the wrong, wrong one. Golly. Home yeah, use field. that code. Home, use that code, home guys. Apparel. Home field apparel. Yep. There you yep. go. Code M Green. Go buy a shirt. 15% off. 
of mm-hmm. your first order. Send it to a friend. Send it to a parent. Send it to a loved one. Basketball season's almost here. Um, man, wear it to the pit. Okay, Colin, we just talked to Steve. Got yep. his thoughts on Navy and the American. What do you think now going into this Navy game? I think North Texas is going to have a really hard time in this whole conference. It seems like it seems like everyone, every team, he was like, if I had to pick him right now, it'd be the other team, not North Texas. It's Temple, Temple, UAB, Navy. Temple Those is are the Temple, three games. I think Temple's the only one that we'd be favored in, though. UAB as well, I think. I think. So those two, then you just got to beat Navy or Tulsa. Right. Or both. Obviously, we're getting to four or both. Wins, It'd be cool to be both. One of, win one of them, then, you know, you could beat UTSA. Look, there is a very clear path here to potentially getting four wins. There is. Think about this. We have the four there games is. that are quote-unquote winnable. Mm-hmm. UTSA. Mm-hmm. And then UTSA and Memphis at home. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Maybe you steal one of those games. I'm just saying there there are games here to be to be won if North Texas can get it together. My concern is the defense. We just talked about how bad yeah. Davies' defense was, and North Texas is way worse. So uh, that's my look, that's my main concern look, going into. They this are going conference. to score points. Navy they is are going to score, score points. They are going to score points. A lot of points, unfortunately. North Texas will also score points. Hopefully, it's going to be the first to fifty. <laughs> I don't think anyone's getting a stop in this game. We'll do our pick them, but like you think first to fifty. I think it very well could be fifty to forty-two. Oh my! Something like God. that. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I wouldn't be shocked at all. How is how just... is North Texas against the run going to stop Navy? Like North Texas couldn't stop Army for all those years, and we knew the personnel. They had some, you know, actual talent. I think on those defenses, they had the uh, weeks. Uh, they had played them like three times in a year in that stretch in 2018, 2017, whatever it was like, I just, th- there's been a lot of times where North Texas and teams have played these service Academy teams and not been ready to win. And in order to beat these teams, you kind of have to win up front where we saw Notre Dame just bully Navy uh, up front. Um, yeah. USF didn't do a great job defensively, but it did enough to hold them to 30 and score 44. So again, North Texas is going to have to score. 45 plus to win this game. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I don't, I'm scared, but I'm also very excited because I just don't think either team's going to be able to stop one another. I think this game's going to be ridiculous to watch. Like it's going to be like, it's gonna where be, it's like again and again. And here's why I have confidence in North Texas a little bit here. Mm. Chandler Rogers has not shown outside of that second half against FIU, which I don't hold against him at all. The last two games, he hasn't looked like he's turnover prone. It hasn't looked like we're waiting for the turnover. It hasn't been that Austin Austinani effect or where we're like, oh, man, he's just going to throw yeah. a turnover. Just just wait for it. And if he doesn't throw a turnover in this game, and if North Texas does not turn the ball over, let's say maybe they throw it once or, or have one turnover. But, like, if they don't turn the ball over multiple times, I think you give have a really good shot at competing with Navy because Navy's obviously not going to turn it over. They're going to run the ball. They're going to do all this stuff. But – if you go possession for possession with Navy, you can beat them. It's just beating yourself. That's right. what worries me. So right. um, on the bright side, the, the past defense hasn't been good for North Texas either. So at least maybe you take you take that out of it and just have to worry or, about the rules. Or you play. get caught caught uh caught yeah. wide open and just destroy that could it. happen. It very well could happen. Okay. Um anything else? Uh, real quick, do you feel 
So the American, you feel worse about overall going into the, the, the American. I mean, I feel the same. I think last week I said I said the same thing. Like, I don't know where these wins can come from. Uh, obviously, we know who they can possibly beat, but I don't think there is necessarily a gimme game, especially after the UAB Tulane performance. Obviously, um, UAB is not a good team, but North Texas thus far has only shown that they're a good team offensively and defensively. Any team could put points on them. So, I mean, if AC puts 31 on you, UAB can put 31 on you. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready to pick them? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Do you have any ready? No, but I'm sure I can find some pretty quickly. I mean, I do have one actually. Okay. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Navy rushing yards over under. Oh, man. <laughs> this is going to be really awful to say. Two. 65 and a half. 265 and a half. They average 227 a game. They average 227 a game. 227 a game. They average 4.8 yards per carry. Going to run it about 40 times. Yeah, that gets you to the number. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take over. <laughs> Like I like I think maybe bust a couple big runs too. That just yeah. I think this is a fairly high tempo game as well. So I think there will be plenty of runs. Um, I'm gonna say over. Okay, I'll, I'll just take the opposite under. Okay. There's Colin. Um, do you have one? Or you want me to go again? Go ahead. You can go again. Navy passing yards. Oh boy. Right now they average 107 yards passing. Over under 155 and a half. Under. Okay, I'll go over. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, yeah. I don't think they're going to need to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, it's not because they can't. It's because they don't need to. I don't to. think they're going to need to throw the ball. Um, oh, this is tough. Hmm. This is challenging, Colin. Um, over under biggest play from scrimmage God. for either team. For either team. Actually, no, let's just do North Texas. For North Texas, oh, biggest either play team from... is way more fun. Okay, fine. Either team, biggest play from scrimmage, over under 50 yards. Over. That's okay. easy. All right, you say so. What if it's on 50? You better pick 49 and a half. Okay, or 50, 50 and a half. 50 and a half. Watch, it's going to be a 50-yard run. I'm going to get just <laughs> toasted. Cash it for me. Okay. What you, um, I'll come up with another one. North Texas tackles for loss. Over under. Four and a half. How many they get? No, how many North Texas gets? Yeah, like a, like they like how many times they tackle Navy for loss? Yeah, how many ta- yeah how many times North Texas tackles Navy in the backfield? Mm. I'm just mm. okay. Go ahead. I'm just thinking with the run game, they're not gonna get sacks. You know, they're not gonna there's get so sacks. many runs. I mean, surely you have to get a couple tackles. That's for what loss. you'd like to think, right? Like you're running like the ball a billion times, you can't get one. <laughs> you can't. Get one. Let's see here. Uh, I mean, if they don't gonna... get four tackles for loss, dude. I mean, we might as well just. Go home. They had three against ACU. 
Yeah, but again, they're. I think this team is running the ball more. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I'm saying if they run the ball more, you think that number goes up, like you're saying. But then again, does it go up? I'm trying to see if there's tackle for loss numbers here. There is on ESPN. There's three against ACU. I'm talking about for for Navy. That's all right. Oh. What do you got? Oh, this is this is a tough one. Because I need to I need to win something. You know, I need to win some because I'm down a significant amount. Um, all right, here are the TFLs against Navy. I think I think this is against Navy. I got it. I got it. Two five five six. Over. Oh, that's hard. No, I can't. I gotta go under. You said four and a half, right? Okay. It was four and a half. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be under. How do they only have two against them against Notre Dame? Maybe that is actually Notre Dame, or maybe that that is uh, the uh, the other way around. Maybe I misread that. All right, here here I think is, this is it actually five. Yeah, opponents. Here it is. Notre Dame had five. Wagner two. Memphis five. South Florida five. Mm. That was a good line off the top of my head. Wow. That is a really good line. All right, there we'll it take is. the under. Um, Still. All right, one more each. Oh, we're doing three. Yeah. Boy, is that what we? We did two. We did three last week because we had to make up for the Stone Earl ones. Okay. Now it's right, final four. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Got... Oh, you. If you got it, let me hear yours because I'm interested. <laughs> let it rip. Let it rip, Bruni. Forty-nine. Jesus. Actually, give me forty-eight. 45, 48, 45, North Texas, 48, 45, North Texas, destroying the over under of 60 and a half. Is that uh, 60 and a half? Yeah. And maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm overestimating the, I don't know. You kind of locked it in. Already. It's kind of locked in. All yeah. right. That's fine. I'll take it. I'm going to go 41, 38 Navy. Okay. I'm, the only thing that can keep this lower scoring is explosive plays not being available, which I think both teams are going to hit explosive plays, and the yeah, pace of this game being lower. Yeah, which I, I maybe Navy slows it down a little bit, but and I understand the running concepts of Navy. Like if you run the ball every play, the clock doesn't stop. But I mean, they're going to break one. They're going to break. Gonna break they're going to break more run. than one. Yeah, they're going to break at least one forty-yard run here. Like so. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Good predictions. All right, that's all we got. Right, Colin? Anything yep. else? Any nope. other thoughts? All right. Um, thank you all for joining us. This has been uh and thank you to Steve for coming on. Uh we'll see. We'll see y'all after the game. Uh game is at two thirty, I believe, right? Uh yes, two thirty. So game's at two thirty. Um I should we should be good to do it that night, I think. Or no, do you have a party that night? No, that that was the different a different day. I should oh, I, I should be day. back. Okay. I'll be back. Colin, Colin's just a party animal. I don't know what no. his schedule is. Mid mid month Halloween party. Yeah, mid month Halloween party. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll be back after the game. So check that out as well. Thank y'all for joining us. Uh and uh we will talk to y'all later.